going to talk about um, a couple. I wanted to talk. A couple of things came to mind this week, and they kind of become smushed up in my brain. So it's kind of a reflection on modern times, but also a reflection on um, the conditioning that we experience as human beings, which is really what the Buddha, the Buddha, a real core teaching of the Buddha, our conditioned um, experience. Um, in fact, there's a, a famous quote from the Sutta, impermanent alas are conditioned things, their very nature is to arise and vanish. Having arisen, they then cease. Their subsiding is blissful. So what that means is that when these conditioned experiences we have cease, it's good, it's blissful, it's to our benefit. The challenge is to see this conditioning because it's really hard to see. Um, and I think it's getting harder and harder and harder in the world we live. And the reason I say that is because last week I watched the Netflix documentary on the Fire Festival. Has anybody seen that? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. It's, uh, it's for hmm? for those of you who don't know, the Fire Festival was this really high end. Um, music festival that was going to be held on, a, on, a, on an island in the Bahamas. And it was just um, really ended up being a total clusterfuck. And so the documentary is, um, it, it kind of goes through that and what happened. But what struck me most from the documentary is when they were talking about when they were going to um, announce it to the world that this was happening and the tickets were on sale, what they did is they they contacted a hundred of the top social media influencers, one of whom was Kylie Jenner, or one of the Jenners, I mean, Kylie Jenner, one of them anyway, who they paid $250,000 for one Instagram post. One, no, this is just Kylie Jenner. They paid her $250,000 for a single Instagram post or a single tweet, something like that, to influence people. Because that's, that's how it is, these influences. Not that that's new. This is not new. But this is kind of this new realm that we're moving in. That this, this conditioning, oh, over shiny, over here, this, important. Be seen. See and be seen. Um, and then just the other day, I think it was Thursday, I read an article about the backlash against the, the Netflix Fire Festival, because there's also a Hulu documentary. I think it's called Fire Fraud, but it's very different. And the people who did the Netflix were, it's primarily the media company that, that worked on the Fire Festival publicity. So there's a lot of pushbacks, and they're just trying to massage how people are seeing their role in this disaster. And again, I don't really care. But, but one more time, it's just what you think is real, you have to question. You have to investigate. You can't just take it on face value anymore. That's kind of, um, it's all about this, there, we're being conditioned, we're being influenced. And that's how we have, we've had that experience since being born. You know, the, the voices that come at us, the storylines that we're told about who we are, you all have that stuff based from your families, 
from your schools, from your neighborhoods, from the culture, the systemic uh, oppression that uh, is, is experienced by so many people. I saw Lama Rod Owen speak last night, and of course he's, he's very eloquent around all this. He's one of the co-authors of Radical Dharma. And he is doing a weekend about, um, you know, breaking down the patriarchy. And so he talked a lot about that last night, too, which is you don't, we don't see, as Maya was saying, I love the line, we don't see the water we swim. We don't see how we benefit. We don't see how we're impacted. But it does impact. All of these things impact us. And we have to pay attention to that. And I was actually, Thursday was Valentine's Day, and I was thinking about that, too, because you go to the supermarket, and there's a wall. Starting from, I think, December 26th, there's the wall of hearts. It didn't used to be that way. This is new. And the commercials are, it's no longer give them, you know, those, those crappy little um, candy hearts that say, I love you. But now it has to be diamonds. You know? It's just this, this like, this consumer mentality, this push, 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 that people ingest that people internalize that people buy into um, or not or rail against I remember reading a book I remember when I was in I read it, uh, it was in Murder Mystery or something and it, it was written in the 70s and they were talking about how it was the second week in December so they better start thinking about Christmas because that's when you started thinking about Christmas after Thanksgiving you start and, and it's like Times have changed. Times have changed. But, um, you know, the, that is really... Uh, what, what I also loved about Lama Rod was saying, he said, even though we may not be aware of these influences on us, we may not be aware of this, this condition, we are responsible for it. We are responsible to do our work and wake up to it, especially if, it, if, it, if it's the type of conditioning that continues to cause harm because we don't see our, our privilege or we don't see how what we believe causes harm to others because we're just swimming in the water. So it is our responsibility. An another um, piece of conditioning that I just started reading this book yesterday that I've heard about for years, and I'm really happy um, I'm just reading it. It's really good. It's called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's about trauma. And again, it's this conditioning that we've experienced, and we don't even realize it. It's, it's, it has far-reaching impacts, far-reaching impacts on our lives. Um, and it's not just uh, PTSD, you know, experiences in war. It's, it's trauma of being a human being in this world. It's the harshness of our experiences has a tremendous impact. It was really interesting. I was reading a piece where he said when um, the man who wrote it was talking about how all these women were coming in the first few months in this non-VA setting. So he had people who weren't veterans talking to him and how... Um, the, the common idea was that one in a million women had been sexually molested uh, in their lives. And about that time, there was 100 million women in the United States. And he had had 47 of them. And he goes, how did 50% of the molested women in the United States happen to come to my clinic in Boston? 
you know, and then the realization was that it was much larger problem than that, much larger problem. So it's important to not take what we think, what we believe for granted. It's really important to question it. And the Buddha, you know, the Buddha talks about his teachings. Don't believe it just because I say it. See for yourself. And see for yourself where you're caught up in these things. And this is where I kind of, I was looking up some um, in, in around the suttas and conditioning. And um, that's where I found the word sankara. San, I can, sankara is the way you pronounce it, I believe, with the accent over the second A. Um, which is really difficult to translate. It's the Pali word, and it means both what's... Um, conditioning you and the reactions from the condition that what follows so it's kind of a both sides of this deep conditioning and it's um it it's uh, it's part of dependent origination which is a core teaching of the buddha but it's a really complex one so people don't talk about it a lot but it's but it's just that 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 level of because of this, this, because of this, this, because of this, this. You know, one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, and we're caught in this realm of um, being so far away from the original impetus, we're not even paying attention. It's the, these in condition and dependent origination, um, these, these, these sankaras are conditioned by ignorance. And they are the volitional activities responsible for producing, producing karma. You know, karma as an action. We believe a certain way, so we do certain things. We believe certain things, so we act in certain ways. We behave in certain ways. And if we're not paying attention, we're just going to keep that ball rolling. Um, when ignorance and craving underlie our stream of consciousness, our volitional activities of body, speech, and mind have a capacity to produce karmic fruits. When they're driven by ignorance, these karmic fruits, like I was saying, we're, karma simply being an action driven by what we believe, what we hear, what we say, what we do, what our experiences are, the voices, the messages we've received, our ideas about who we are. We all have that. I know you, you can probably point to some. Some of them are, many of them are, below the waterline. We're not even aware of them. They're, we, we keep them um, deeply uh, uh, hidden. Uh, but some of them, like, you know, I really have a, a recollection of my mother telling me how uncoordinated I was. She kept telling me, you're so uncoordinated. So I believed I was really uncoordinated. And I'm actually not uncoordinated. I don't know why she would tell me that. I, I'm, I'm slightly dyslexic. Maybe that had something to do with it but I'm not uncoordinated. Um, so, but you would you believe that. You, know, you would believe these stories. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not handsome enough. You're not smart enough. But what, what beliefs have you internalized? And, and you allow them to control your life. You're not, you don't, you'll never succeed. You know? What was the, what's that, the, that, that um, quote, it's fairly, what would you do if you, I'm going to butcher it, but you know, what could you do if you didn't think failure was 
possible, you know? Does that make you, you know what I'm trying to point to? Yeah, it's not quite it, but it's like if you didn't have any of those, if that, those voices, those messages, that conditioning, what would be possible? How often do you tell yourself, oh, I can't do that? Anybody in here ever tell yourself you can't do shit? I have my favorite experience ever is I was in a yoga class with a woman I knew who had never taken yoga. She was a friend of mine. She's like, I want to be yoga, I want to be yoga. So she came and the teacher was saying, okay, do some posture. And she was doing this posture and, and she's like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Meanwhile, she's in the posture doing it, going, I can't do this. It's when reality and our experience are no are not near each other. Here's the reality of what's happening, and here's the mind that has taken over. And it says, no, this is what's happening. And you're like, but, 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 but. And what happens is we go into, we just deny it, we don't believe it, we turn it, or we walk away from it, or we go, what the fuck? This is not, what I'm believing has not been true all this time. You know? Which is why these, these classes and all these important work that's being done right now um, about really tearing away, especially around the systemic, um, the systemic misogyny and racism and, and um, homophobia is really important work because it's just been embedded in our country for a long time, and, and not just in our country, but or, or in the world, so many of these things, that to stop and go, anything that causes harm, creates suffering for others and for ourselves, needs to be addressed, needs to be looked at. Anything that others, somebody else, needs to be looked at. This is not wise, this is not skillful. We need to question these things. And really say, oh, what the fuck? You know, to put a, a thing in. A scholarly term <laughs> to use my academia, my academic credentials. Pull out the big word. What the fuck? It's all one word. It's many syllables. <laughs> it's an acronym. WTF? Indeed. So, um, yeah. So. But we cling to these, and, and what's popping up again and again in this is that we have to recognize that these, these conditioned phenomenon, are, are, they're impermanent, but we hold on to them. We hold on to them for dear life, like the wall, really? You know, and the, the, the idea of building a wall, and that insane idea um, that has just gotten so much traction and has caused, caused so much suffering. For why? For what reason? Just cause. Because there's this, this fixed idea of it needs to be this way. Um, another another um, teaching around the, these conditioned phenomena, the sankaras, there are conditioned phenomena. It's, um, it's, a, it's a designation for all conditioned things. Whatever is conditioned, constructed, or fabricated. Um, and that's pretty much all our thinking. You know, it's our perceptions. 
because we what we what we experience is sound and immediately we label it immediately if we're not paying attention we can go into a story about it sight you know you see a shadow at night in your bedroom and you think it's a a, a rat and then it's a sock you know on the floor it's that um what is it who is it um Huxley talks about the doors of perception is it Huxley Blake, nobody. I can't remember, but you know, it's about the, it's the doors of perception that we're we're we don't see clearly. Or Plato's cave, you know, they're just sitting in the cave, looking at the back wall and only seeing shadows. You don't see truly what's going on, and we have to be willing to clear away the um, the 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 dust in our eyes. We have to be, and it's not easy to do. Just go, okay, I'm going to see things clearly. Because a lot of these deep things, like when we have trauma, when we have this deeply conditioned ideas about who we are or who we're not or what we can or we can't do, or we have these experiences that have impacted us, the work is really difficult. Sitting on the cushion brings up these things or... Taking, making the effort to move towards it, saying, okay, and this is, I'm hearing, I'm, you know, just spewing out Lama Rod last night, I'm hearing him saying, he goes, you have to do the work. You just continually have to do the work. Because I'm not enlightened. So if I'm not enlightened, obviously there's more work to do. Even if, I don't know. I don't know. If I was awake, the Buddha seemed to be okay, because according to the teachings, you're, you're, you no longer are holding on to any of this conditioning. Maybe not holding on to it, but mm-hmm. I still think those things arise. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the work that you've done that allows you to say, oh, look, this is arising. Yeah. And don't need to attach to it, and only don't need to set it aside. Yeah. So it's still work happening. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's still effort to, to recognize what is arising. Right. He did but get annoyed at people. <laughs> there was anger and frustrations that came up, and it was just okay. Where, mm-hmm. What do I want to do about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, but seeing clearly, he he didn't get caught up in the the conditioning. He, yeah, whereas I get caught up in it. I mean, I get caught up in shit uh, regularly. Not as much as it used to, though. That's the good news. And I think if you're, if you're in a place and you've been practicing for a while and you're doubting, it's really important to go, where was I when I started this? And can I name some stuff that, I, that doesn't trigger me anymore? It's really important. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, the Buddha teaches, what is it? Putting the brakes to the sankhas. You know, when we put the word sankara under our microscope, we can see compressed within it the entire worldview of the Dhamma. So everything is under this condition phenomena. Of course, the Buddha says that a lot. I think he also says that the entirety of our experience is in this fathom long body, which is also true, I believe, you know, which actually points to this if you believe the, um, you know, the body keeps the score. And also the um, focus on the experiential 
practice that we do in meditation in the first foundation of the really feeling into the experience of what's happening in the body, of where things are located and what, oh, where is that? So that we don't have to react, we can respond. We can see it's there, allow it to be there, make space for it, shine a light on it. Because it's that stuff we haven't wanted to feel that we've been pushing away that keeps us conditioned. It says, nope, 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 instead of going, oh, allow it to be. Make it, let it be here. The Buddhist teaches it was our own karmically constructed sankharas that have built up our present edifice of personal being, this idea of who we are. And it is our present constructive sankharas that are building up the edifices of personal being that we will inhabit in the future. These edifices consist of nothing other than sankharas as conditioned things, conditioned phenomena, form, perception, um, feeling, tone, consciousness. But these are all impermanent. They arise and vanish. And when we hold on to them, they're suffering. All these conditioned phenomena are suffering because they all go away, so we have to let go of them. But when we take up the practice of Dhamma, we apply a break to this relentless generation of sankharas. Through wisdom, we remove ignorance. Through renunciation, we, we remove craving. We see with wisdom the true nature of the sankharas as unstable, unconditioned processing processes rolling on with no one in charge. We thereby switch off the engine driven by ignorance and craving, and in doing so, the process of karmic construction to production of active sankharas is effectively shut down. By putting an end to the construction of conditioned reality, we open the door to whatever present, what is ever-present but not constructed, not conditioned. This is nirvana, nirvana. And we have put an end to that, that continuing rolling on of constructed, um, of, uh, constructed phenomenon. The subsiding of sankharas is blissful. This is, this is an, art, an essay by Bhikkhu Bodhi, by the way, who is um, pretty fucking awesome. Uh, so just really being willing to let go, and it's so hard because there's so much of a part and parcel of who we see ourselves. And who are we if we let go of this stuff? Who do we become? And this is where I like to think of the rest of the teachings, like the Eightfold Path, that place we land, that wise pointing to, here's how you do this, here's how you let go. Practice goodwill, practice renunciation, loving kindness. Practice wise action. Practice mindfulness, concentration, effort. That's how you can land in this world. I was talking to someone, I was in Portland last week, and I was talking to someone, um, and he was asking, what do you do when people have that question, when my ground is now not underneath me? And I mentioned that as my response is, that's how I land and how I hope uh, to work with others, how they can land. And he says, that's faith. That's, that's faith that, you know, okay, doing this work will get me to a place where I don't suffer. And it is one of the five spiritual faculties, faith, but I think it's faith driven by experience. 
faith driven by seeing how this practice has changed you and going, oh, like I said earlier, what used to get me no longer gets me. So even if it's just a little bit trusting that, continuing to move in that direction, I'll continue to be able to let go. The transformations I've experienced have been quite phenomenal. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to some more phenomenal transformations because I got some shit. <laughs> but we all do, you know, and even I'm sure stuff that I don't even know is there. So, and, and watching, watching out for the craving, you know, it's like, do you ever have this experience? I, I know I've had it where you go through, you know, you have this churning and this work and this solidness, and then you go through a period of like, calm and then you start to worry like is that it will i ever have another insight ever again will i ever and and you just realize that that's that's the the conditioned mind starting this ball rolling again the fears of this the that the storyline so those are my thoughts any questions thoughts rebuttals Always, always opportunity for a bottle in this room. You're full of shit, Mary. I beg to differ. Oh, you're kinder than I am. I beg to differ. What's that? Yeah. Beg to differ.